everybody doing today? Welcome to What Would Kay Say? I am your host, Kay Edwards. Well, I think I should actually be saying right about now, welcome to Daylight Savings, right? Because as you all know, the clocks went back three o'clock this morning, right? Oh boy. You want to know something? I used to dislike this day so much in the past. And can I tell you why? Okay. As they would say, back in the day <laughs> when I used to work in the office, this was the worst time of the year for me. Well, actually, the reason that it was, well, actually, let, let me just start from the beginning. I had to be in the office at 7 a.m., right? My shift started 7 to 3. And of course, for me, that meant I had to be there at 6.30 because I'm the type that when I, when I get into the office, I don't want to, as soon as I sit down, my phone is ringing, people are cluttered around my desk asking me for things. So I want to get there earlier so I could take my time, have some tea, get my thoughts together, you know, set my desk up the way I want it set up, all that good stuff, right? So if I had to be there at 6.30 with daylight savings time, that means that it was, it felt like I was there an hour earlier. So it was like, why am I here when I was there and it said 6.30 and I knew in my mind it was actually 5.30? That never used to make me happy. So... That was the reason why I never liked daylight savings time. I don't care that it gave us extra daylight in the evening. I did not care. I did not want to get up. That first week was always like, oh my goodness. And even though daylight saving time always changes on a Saturday into Sunday, because it, it does it like that to give you that opportunity to get ready for Monday. Monday, I still always felt like, 
you guys are cheating me. You guys are cheating me. So that's my story of daylight savings time, right? So, and I was always so tired. That was another thing too. I always felt so tired. I mean, cause like, let's face it. Who really goes to bed earlier knowing that they're going to lose an hour of sleep, right? Nobody does that. Every year we know we're going to lose an hour. Nobody goes to bed an hour earlier. You just don't do it. Who does that? And then raising a family and working, it was a lot. It was just a lot. And I was just like, <laughs> I was so over it. But nonetheless, we did spring forward. Which is sometimes I think when you think of it in that sense, it's a good thing because that means spring is coming and that means warmer weather that we, hey, did you guys get to enjoy the warm weather that we had this past week? It was amazing. It really was. I mean, when you went outside, when you felt the sun on you, you actually felt the sun on you. That's how you knew, yes, spring is coming and then summer is right behind it. So this week was great, although at the end of the week, it just flipped up on us. But of course, that's what March does, right? March comes in like a lion and goes out like a lamb. For those of you who are old enough to remember that, they don't even say that anymore because the, the weather patterns have changed up so much in the past years that March was never truly March anymore. But it seems like because COVID, everything seems to be falling back into place. So March is really March. It gave us the crazy up and down weather in the beginning. And hopefully by the end of the month, it'll feel like spring, like it's supposed to, right? Oh, well, anyway. So thanks be to God though. That time has passed, right? And it's not so bad for me anymore. I can say that this time of the year is not so bad for me, you know, anymore. I'm, you know, I'm over it now. I guess I'm over it. I guess with maturity, I've matured, as they would say, right? Oh, she's so mature now. She can handle just so many things. She's so mature. Yeah, I guess I am, right? So like with everything going on last year, I didn't even notice that daylight savings time last year. I mean, like when you really think about it, did we notice anything last year other than the fact that we couldn't go out and everybody was panicking like the sky was falling? Like we were all chicken little, you know, running around screaming. But hey, I digress. So let's see. What am I going to talk about today? Uh, let's see. Oh, yes. This month, not only with the daylight savings time, but it's been a year. Can you imagine? I can't even think back. That I remember when they were about to lock New York down last year around this time. It was like this week coming up that they were like, OK, everything's shutting down. We're not going out anymore because I had went to the studio and I got my soundboard because I was like, oh, I'm going to have to be record. I'm going to have to record from home. I'm not going to be able to be in the studio anymore. And now look at it. It's a year later. And I hope all of you were journaling to know what your thoughts were this time last year 
so that you can look back and, you know, read it. It's different. You'll remember, you'll say, oh yeah, I remember when I felt like, but it's not the same as when you write it down and you can actually go back and read the pages because as you're writing them, that was your true thoughts at that moment. So it'd be quite interesting just for yourself, not that you have to share it with anyone, but it would be interesting for you to see what your mindset was at that time and how you've now changed or have you changed? I don't know that that's something to think about as well. Have you changed or do you still think the same way? But it has been a year since everything happened and I hope we're doing better. I would pray that we're doing better. I would pray that we have learned something from everything that we went through last year, right? Even if it's not on a wide scale, because I'm, I'm sure on a wide scale, yeah, just as human beings on a wide scale, I would hope that we would have learned something. But I like to keep things narrow and simple. I like keep it to my, you know, keeping it to me, keeping it with me, keeping it with us as individuals. When you think about yourself from last year to now, do you see a sense of improvement? Do you see where you would, you probably have changed? And if you did change, I hope it was for the better, but do you feel it was for the better? Because it's not really up to me to say whether it was for the better or not. How do you feel about yourself in the time span from last year to now? That's just something for you to, uh, ponder for a minute when you have nothing else to ponder, right? Well, in continuing our journey with Women's History Month, I would like to tell you, oh yes, before I go on to that, happy Pi Day for all of you mathematicians out there. Today's date is 314, which is Pi like I said, for all you guys with math 3.14. I thought it was cute that you have this group. It's like the Trekkies. They have like, you know how you have those Star Trek, uh, people that love Star Trek. Well, they have people that mathematicians or even just people that love numbers that love today. So you're going to see like bakeries that's going to have donuts with 3.14. It's going to be, uh, just different things going on. They always have the, well, I don't know if they're going to do it now because of COVID, but I know they used to always have like different uh, things happening in Times Square, you know, celebrating Pi Day. So I just wanted to say to all of you, like I said, numbers, people out there, happy Pi Day. And for all of you who are wondering, what is the big deal about Pi Day? Pi is actually the ratio of the circumference of any circle to the diameter of that circle. Regardless of the circle size, this ratio is always equal to 3.15, not 15, 3.14, approximately 3.14, right? And you can measure the circumference with a ruler. So that's why it's such a big deal because the circle can be as big as the moon, but the ratio between the diameter and the circumference of any circle is always going to be 
and that's the symbol pi. So that's what the big deal about pi is. So now, continuing our journey in Women's History Month, I would like to talk about today a woman who started a group last year during the pandemic. Now, although we looked at the pandemic as being a part of our lives that we had no control over and that everything seemed to be just a dark cloud hovering over the world, there were a few bright lights that were able to shine through the darkness. And one of those lights was a startup of a new woman's political news group called The 19th. Now, this woman's group was the brainchild of Emily Ramshaw, and she was a former editor-in-chief for the Texas Tribune. Now, the idea came to Emily while she was on maternity leave during the 1919, where am I? <laughs> during the 2016 presidential election. Emily felt there was a need for a platform to be created by women for women where we could properly address the burning questions that were often attached to women candidates like, is she likable? Is she electable? And ironically, these questions are not often imposed upon the male candidates, right? And they certainly weren't asked of our former president. You know, that the one that just vacated the office, Although I could now ask that question, why weren't those same questions asked of him? Is he likable? Is he electable? But that's a topic for another show on a different day, right? Fast forward to 2020 presidential election. Once again, we have several women in the running for the presidential position, right? And finally, having President Biden choose Kamala Harris as his running mate, the question started flying again, but this time aimed at Kamala. And this time around, Emily was ready. The 19th, and I would like to point out that the name is the number 19th with an asterisk after the H. Now the 19th part comes from the 19th Amendment to the United States Constitution, which made voting a right for women. And the asterisk is to signify that there is still more work left to be done. And this is a non a not-for-profit, nonpartisan newsroom style of reporting on gender, politics, and policy. Now, the funny thing about the 19th Amendment, though, was that although it toted as granted women, you know, women the right to vote, it only granted some women the right to vote. African-American women would have to fight an additional 45 plus years to earn that right. But today, the voice of women here in America is still at an all-time low. According to the 19th, 23.7% of Congress is female and 7.4% of the state legislatures are women of color. 
And now the mission statement of the 19th stated in their own words, our editorial mission and vision is to elevate the voices of underserved, underrepresented women. So this is a group that we're going to keep our eye on to see how it progresses in the time to come. Now, the next bright light brings me so much joy to speak of, right? And I think because it's near and dear to my heart and it has something to do with me personally. It is the publication that I had the divine privilege to be a part of. It's the latest book in the She Writes for Him book series, Black Voices of Wisdom. Now, let me give you the backstory to this, how I got tapped into writing for this book. In August of 2020, I received an email from a woman that I had met at a She Speaks conference. Now, these are conferences that are given by the Proverbs 31 ministry, right? And I had attended that con conference like two years earlier. It was at that conference that I had received my confirmation from God, right? That he wanted me to leave my job and to commit to my walking in my full calling full time. Psalm 37, five tells us, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him and he shall bring it to pass, right? And that was from the new King James version. So as I was saying, I had met a number of interesting earth shaking women at this conference, right? Not knowing exactly where I fit in because at that time I had already prayed to God. Okay, give me my answer. I need to know what's going on. I'm going to go to this conference. And after this conference, I'm going to understand everything that you want me to understand. Right? So I get there and I'm feeling like a fish out of water. And now everybody's trying. Now when I'm there, Everybody, all the women that are there, you can tell that they're trying to find their place and they're trying to understand also why they're there and what they're going to glean out of the conference. But even though we were all there, not knowing exactly why we were there, we could feel it in the atmosphere that something was happening. We knew that each one of us there, because we can see it in one another, that whatever we had put our hands to, that God had already blessed it. And that's the feeling that we got the entire time of the weekend when we were at this conference. And so now I met these women, right? There was a group of us that had became friends instantly. And a lot of it was because we shared workshops together. Now, the She Speaks conference was a speakers, writers, and leaders conference. And now some of us were in the same, uh, what do you call those little seminar groups in the, you know how they have you like breakout rooms when you go there. So a lot of us had similar groups that we were together with. So after a while you join a bond with the people that you're going through these different groups with all the time, cause you're doing these exercises with them and you're actually challenging each other to be your best at what you're doing, your craft. So like I said, a group of us had formed a bomb and 
we said that at the end of the conference that we were going to keep in touch with each other. So of course that meant, you know, it was either going to be Facebook or Instagram. Now at the time I didn't have an Instagram page and a lot of us there didn't have an Instagram page and we were laughing about it. We had Facebook pages, but we were saying we had just even new to Facebook and now we have to do this Instagram. We don't even know how to navigate through Instagram. So that was like the biggest joke It's like, how are we going to, how are we going to do all that we are supposed to do all that we're called to do? And we don't even know how to navigate these new social media tasks that we're going to now have to start learning how to do. So fast forwarding to 2020. So I was in the speaking portion and the woman that sent me this email was in the writing portion. So now, although I'm a speaker, of course, you know, speaking and writing go hand in hand because in order to speak, you have to be able to write. But I never look at myself as a writer. I always just look at myself as a speaker because that's what, that's what I'm more comfortable with. And that's what I gravitate to more. That's what comes out of me naturally to speak. Not that I can't write because I have written, but I just never looked at it as, oh yeah, well, I like to write. I really just like to speak. So, uh, she sends me the email cause she received the, a message. She received a message in her email because she was in the writing portion. So she would always, I guess in the writing portion, they gave them connections with other writing groups or writing contests or any writing opportunities that would come along. So she received one in her email and she wrote me on Facebook and messenger saying, Oh, you know, I need your email. I have this opportunity that I think might interest you. So I'm thinking speaking automatically, even though I know she's a writer, I'm automatically thinking she's calling me for a speaking engagement because she knows I'm a speaker. But when I got the email, it was about writing opportunities. So I looked at it and I was like, writing opportunities. I was like, what am I going to do with this? I was like, all right, let me just read into it some more. So as I started reading it, the one that caught my interest was one that they were looking for women of color to write for this particular book series. So I said, oh, that might be interesting. But I seen in the email, it said by invitation only everything else you can find. If you went on the internet, you can look it up under the title and they would have said something about, oh, there's a writing opportunity for this, that, and the other. But this particular book, <clears throat> excuse me, this particular book, in order for you to be able to write for it, you had to be invited to write for it. So I was looking at the email and I'm like, God, why would she send me this email? Even if she was looking at the one for the woman of color, it says you have to be invited by invitation. I said, and I wasn't even on the email, the email chain because I'm not a writer. So I wrote the woman that had sent the email originally and I said, oh, I got this email from a friend of mine. She forwarded it to me and I am expressing an interest in writing for this book. So she wrote me back and she told me everything that I had to do in order to get my work submitted into the book. So I took one of my earlier writings that I had written and I cleaned it up some. I am actually expanded it because when I had wrote it, it was just like a little short story because I was just jotting stuff down and I expanded it and I sent it in. 
But when I sent it to her, she liked it. She was like, oh, wow, this is really great. You know, I like it, but I'm going to need you to make some changes to it. And which I had figured because, you know, when you're writing, of course, somebody's going to edit your work. And if they're all writers, they're really going to edit your work because they're going to go through it with a, you know, a fine tooth comb because they're writers. So they know what they're looking for. So when she sends it back to me, she says, oh, yes, I love your story, but can I feel more of you in the story? So I started laughing because, okay, here I am. Now, I don't know how the rest of you are, but, and I guess people who are creative, who write or who speak, when you're going to speak in front of someone or write something and you know it's about a particular topic, you, a lot of times you're putting yourself into it, but you really don't want to put yourself into it because then you feel like you're so vulnerable because you're exposed. And I know that's probably just for beginners because I'm not sure if seasoned writers or seasoned speakers ever feel that way, that when they're speaking, they're too exposed. Maybe because they're accustomed to speaking like that all the time. But I know for me, being new to this entire field of writing and speaking, when I write, I tend to want to write and remove myself from the story and make it as though I'm talking about someone else, but you can get the gist of the story. And she picked that up. She says, oh yes, I love this story, but could I see, can I feel a little bit more you in the story? And I laughed because I knew I had purposely left me, me, my feeling me, the physical feeling of me out of the story. So when I got it back, I tweaked it, I wrote it over and I put me into the story. Even though it was my story to begin with, I actually put me into the story. And when she got that one and sent it back to me, she was, yes, this is exactly what I was looking for. Yes, I want your story submitted into the book. Now, the whole story, the whole gist of what I'm trying to put out there to whomever may be listening and might still be tugging at what they should be doing, should they or shouldn't they, I say this to say the enemy will always try to discourage you from fulfilling your passion and your purpose, right? Because you see, when I got the email at first, I wasn't even going to try to get into writing for the book because I was feeling, hmm, it's by invitation only, I don't know. I'm not a writer. All these things were coming to my mind to discourage me and to keep me from walking down that path. But once I did go down that path, God was showing me he had automatically equipped me to handle whatever was going to be asked of me. And that's what I want you guys to remember. Whatever God has for you to do, although it might be an area that you have never walked into, because this is my first published piece. Now I've written, of course, you know, in school, you have to write papers, whatever, whatever. But this is my first piece that I've ever written and given to someone outside and had it actually published and bound in a book form. 
And now God had been placing on me that I have to, not I have to write a book, but that I have in me to write a book. And I had been toying with writing a book for years. This was years ago when my son was a little boy, I was writing a book and I was calling it my memoirs. And at that age, it's like at 20 something, you have memoirs, not really. But in my mind, I had so much to say about my life that I needed to start writing my book now. And I was going to keep adding chapters as I got older. But just that thought of toying with that back then and then putting it on the back burner because you just forget about it because other life takes over. And then now to have the opportunity come around and then once again, the devil trying to tra- to play tricks on me, telling me, oh, you're, you don't know how to write. You're not a writer. You barely are on the radio. You know, you're on the radio. You're barely speaking. Nobody's listening to you. All these things he's putting in my head to discourage me from still fulfilling my purpose. But I want all of you who might be thinking or feeling or traveling down that same road that I had traveled down until I caught myself to remember Philippians 4:13 and that tells us that I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Once you remember that, you'll be able to go not say smooth sailing, but it'll give you the courage to continue down the road and to complete whatever it is that he had put on your heart to do. So now, I sent the story in. She loved it. It got picked up in the book and that's what this book is about the book is called she writes for him black voices of wisdom and i have a story in this book and i it's all to the glory of god everything that i've been doing everything that i've encountered corners i've turned doors that i've opened roads that i've now starting to walk down all due to the glory of god and that's because i just keep one foot going in front of the other. Not that I know exactly where I'm going, but in order to have faith, faith without works is dead, right? So in my case, the works is the walking, just do the motions, go through the motions. That's my works. That's working with my faith. That gets me to my next level of wherever it is he has me to go. So now with that, The book is coming out March 16th. It was on pre-order from before. And I know some of you who follow me on Instagram, WWK Say Today, have seen, and even on Facebook, well, it's not K Say Today on Facebook. On Facebook, it's Kenya Z. Edwards. On Instagram, it's WWK Say Today. But those of you that follow me saw me when I posted a picture of the book and myself And it was just saying, you know, to God be the glory, you know, everything that he says he's going to do, he will do. It's just up to us to walk into it because it's already there waiting for us. So now the book is officially going to be out on March 16th, which is this Tuesday. We're having a launch party on Facebook at 8 p.m., And I'll post all that information on my Facebook page and on my Instagram page. And if I were in the studio, now if I were in the studio and you know I take calls when I'm in the studio, I would have 
said, you know, a number of caller call in and I'll get you a signed book. I would have signed a book and given it to you. But since I'm not in the studio, but I'm still feeling like I want to give away a book, what I'm going to do is anyone that writes me on my email, what would K say at gmail.com and leaves me their name and anyone that sends me, I'm going to post again on Instagram. Now, anyone who tags or makes a comment in that Instagram post and on my Facebook page makes a comment, leaving their name. I will then take all those names and place them in a hat and I will have someone draw a name for me and that person will receive a signed copy of the book. Now, here are the rules. If you're going to write me either an email, what would K say at gmail.com or when I do the post on Instagram and you put your name in the comments on Instagram, WWK say today or on Facebook, Kenya Z Edwards, I will, you have to have it into me by Wednesday because I want to get all the names so I can have someone draw the name out of the hat and then I can announce the name on Sunday. And of course I'll get in touch with you to let you know that you were the winner of the book, but I must have everything sent to me by midnight Wednesday, anything after Wednesday, I'm not going to accept. So if any of you are interested in getting the book and having me sign it for you, that's the way you enter the contest. So now, and um, if you come on the Facebook page on Tuesday at 8 p.m., you're going to see me and you're going to see all the other authors and we're going to be talking. It's going to be like a powwow. Well, actually, you know, it's going to be all of us talking and just, you know, I guess telling what inspired us to write the story that we wrote and how we felt about writing it and how, you know, we feel now about now that the book is published. And I'm, I'm quite happy. I'm happy because now I'm feeling like I can do the next stage of whatever it is he has for me to do because I've already started the speaking and now I'm published. So now I can do whatever else he has for me. And I already know what that is. I've been, it's been circling around in my head, but I'm not putting it out there yet. I'm not putting it out there yet. We'll just see it when it comes. But I also want to say before I end this uh, session of Women's History Month. Congratulations to Marcia Fudge. She was confirmed last week as the first black woman to lead HUD in more than 40 years. And now, why the reason why I'm mentioning her with her confirmation is because she happens to be a member of Delta Sigma, Sigma Theta Incorporated, which is my sorority. So, I just wanted to give a shout out to her to say congratulations in your new post. And also I'm looking forward to the day when I don't have to make announcements concerning someone receiving an opportunity and I don't have to preface it with the first black or the first black in X amount of years. I'm looking forward to just saying, oh, congratulations to blah, da da for their accomplishment of blah, da da and not have to put 
any type of ethnicity attached to it. And it's so sad that even today we're still, oh, the first Latina to, or, or Latinx, I'm sorry, they say Latinx now. The first Latinx to be able to do, or the first black to be able to do, or the first indigenous, you know, it's like, can we just be what we are? But because you've kept all of us out of everything for so long, yes, when one of us comes to the forefront, yes, it is a big celebration. And I, hey, I don't mind saying it, but I'm just looking forward to the day when I don't have to. So now, with that, I think it's time for us to take a music break. You have been listening to What Would Kay Say here on Radio Free Brooklyn, What Brooklyn Sounds Like. Nothing feels better than to know you And nothing's more important than to show you That nothing comes close to what the vibe is Nothing's more exciting than the time spent with you No one but you can love me true How you love me when you love me And you tell me everything is gonna be alright yeah. And you mean the world to me You are my everything And I never I feel like this forever As long as we're 
Today's a new day, but there is no sunshine. Nothing but clouds, and it's dark in my heart, and it feels like a cold night. Today's a new day, but where are my blue skies? Where is the love and the joy that you promised me? Tell me it's
Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back. You are listening to What Would Kay Say? And I am your host, Kay Edwards. Now, I know you probably, some of you are probably looking at the time saying, I know she's not going to try to squeeze op-ed into this little bit of time we have left. Well, actually, yes, I am. And the reason why I can squeeze op-ed into the little bit of time that we have left is because I really only have one story that I want to address for op-ed this week. And to me, it took precedent over all other stories that was in the news because there really wasn't that much going on in the news. But this story, when a listener sent it to me, I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And the story that I'm talking about is the poet Amanda Gorman, who, if all of you can recall her name, was the young woman that did the poem at the inauguration on January 20th for President Biden and Kamala Harris. She was tailed by a guard who thought she was a threat. And now she she titles this, this is the reality of black girls. One day you're called an icon, the next day a threat. So now here's how the story goes. She was walking home. Now she's 22 years old. Okay. Keep this in mind. She's 22 years old. And if anyone saw her at the inauguration, she doesn't look taller than a minute. Okay. So she's 22 years old and she said she's walking to her apartment and she was followed by a guard assuming she was a threat. Now she says here in her words, a security guard tailed me on my walk home tonight. He demanded if I lived there because, air quotes, you look suspicious. I showed my keys and buzzed myself into my building. He left. No apology. This is the reality of black girls. One day you're called an icon, the next day a threat. Now this is what she wrote on her Twitter feed, right? So of course you know that post went viral. And now the thing that gets me about this is... Here it is. She's a young woman, right? And like I said, she's not bigger than a minute. And a guard would suspect her of being a threat, saying that she looks suspicious. What does she look suspicious like? She's probably, I can't imagine somebody like her looking suspicious. She wasn't walking with, and now when I say this, I'm not being stereotypical, but what I'm about to say is what they think about us anyway. She wasn't A, number one, a black man. She wasn't B, walking with pants hanging down below her waist. She wasn't C, walking with a hoodie. She wasn't D, looking around like, is anybody watching me? So, okay, what would she be looking suspicious just walking down the block going to her home? So now... Here she is, she says, after she posts that first post, an hour later, she posts another one, which she felt reflected how she felt about the experience with the guard. And she says, in a sense, he was right. I am a threat, a threat to injustice, to inequality, to ignorance. This is what she wrote on her tweet after that. Anyone who speaks the truth and walks with hope is an obvious 
and fatal danger to the powers that be. So now I say in this Woman's History Month, that young lady once again has earned her stars. She just put it out there what it's like to be a black woman here in America, a young black woman here in America, and me speaking as an older black woman here in America. Not that much, I mean, yeah, I'm older than her, but the fact that, yes, any anybody it seems like black here in America is deemed a threat. Why? Because she was walking to her home. Enough is enough, people. Can we just stop it already? Like as if COVID wasn't bad enough. You see what I'm saying about what did you learn last year? What did you really learn last year in the lockdown? Now from this story and this guard, obviously he learned nothing from everything that happened with isolation, uncertainty, all the above. He's still walking around like, "Mm, let me see who I could pluck their nerves today. Really? This is what I was talking about. When you do your self-reflection, what is it that you really learned? If you learned anything at all. And with that, that's the end of op-ed. So now, our word of the month, as we know from last week, is disingenuous. And that means knowing more than you're letting on that you know. That's my little understanding of disingenuous. Do you really know more than what you're saying you know, but you're pretending that you don't know? So that's our word of the month. And our promise for this week is going to be, our promise this week is going to come from Jeremiah 29 and 11. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you a future and a hope. And with that, I want to say everyone stay safe. Continue to wear your mask. Continue to wash your hands. Continue to social distance. Good news, people. By the end of the week, restaurants are going back to 50% capacity. No, I don't know if I'll be inside of them, but they will be offering seating for 50% capacity on the inside. So for all of you that are going to go back out and the movie theaters opened up last week, Friday. So, hey, um, we're making progress, people. We're making progress. So all of you that go out, like I said, COVID is still out there. So still be mindful for those of you who have gotten your vaccine, your vaccination, your first shot, your shot, your second shot. Still be mindful of those of us who are walking around without having taken the vaccine. Still wear your mask, please, for us. And social distance and wash your hands. So with that, I say stay safe. Be kind to one another. Look out for one another. Enjoy your upcoming week. And until we meet again next week, God's willing, peace. Hallelujah. All right.
grace